sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of the morning after live right here on SportsGrid and Sirius XM channel 159. The home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grizz network as well. I am Ben Stevens and we go all across the sports landscape in this second hour. Some NFL offseason action with Megan Payton up next. Pro capper, one of the sharpest in the industry. Bill Krakenberger joins us later on in hour number two. And a preview once more of Philadelphia and Miami tonight in game number five. A look at the NBA postseason. Another doubleheader on this Tuesday evening. But welcome back to Puck Talk with Ben. A look at the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. A second straight day where it's only me talking NHL playoff action. Let's have some fun. One thing I can tell you with absolute certainty, although my hockey expertise at times is not all that great, the Colorado Avalanche are the best team in the NHL postseason by a pretty substantial margin. A sweep yesterday on the road of the Nashville Predators. Colorado winning 5-3 to three in game number four, pulling off that opening round sweep of the Preds. They were a minus 255 favorite. Were the Avs on the money line yesterday? Cash that ticket. You could have even taken the Avs on the puck line, laying a goal and a half at minus 102, a much better price in the total of six and a hook goes over in the fourth and final victory in four games for the Colorado Avalanche in their opening round series against the Nashville Predators. And now when you look at the Avs, it's not just me saying Colorado is the best team in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's also the FanDuel Sportsbook. Even money, plus 100, are the Avalanche now to win the Western Conference. A very, very short favorite. And of course, the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. Their price getting a little bit better here as well. Plus 220 to hoist Lord Stanley's Cup in this NHL postseason. They're a favorite in this market, as you can see, over the Florida Panthers by almost $4. Plus 220, the price on the Avs. Florida 6-1 to one, with the second best odds in the Stanley Cup market right now. And it's rather interesting to see the Panthers right now with those odds in the Stanley Cup market because the Florida Panthers barely even the series last night in the nation's capital against the Washington Capitals. And it's almost looking like another Caps year because the Caps led 1-0 over Florida. Panthers tie up the game. They led 2-1 in the third period. The Panthers tie up the game and eventually win in overtime last night beating Washington in the nation's capital by a score of three to two. So the series is even at two games apiece. Florida wins outright as a minus 176 favorite on that money line and expectation the Panthers would even this series at two games all last night, even on the road in D.C. And the Panthers now a minus 300 series favorite and a minus 230 favorite on that opening money line for tomorrow night's game number five back in Sunrise, Florida. And the Panthers, not only the second best odds in the Stanley Cup, getting a little bit better out actually on this Tuesday morning as well. The Florida Panthers, the favorites to win the Eastern Conference with a short number at plus 260. $2.40 ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Eastern Conference right now are where the Florida Panthers 
find themselves. So a big win for Florida last night to even the series at two games apiece. An expectation from the odds is a minus 300 series favorite. Florida's got this in their grasp against the Capitals. A welcome to our Sports Grid radio audience here. The second hour of the morning after live here all across the grid. Sirius XM channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. Puck talk with Ben for a second straight day recapping the action from last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We have seen overs hit in a big way throughout this Stanley Cup postseason throughout the entirety of the National Hockey League. We have seen overs hit in a big way in the series between the New York Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins, including last night once again. All four games now between the Pens and the Rangers have hit an over, and when the Peng Penguins absolutely pummel the Rangers at home last night in Pittsburgh, winning 7-2, to you can expect a total at 6 to go way, way over. That is what Pittsburgh did, and despite being on their own home ice with a 2-1 series lead, Entering last night's game number four, the Penguins were booked as a slight favorite on that money line. The Rangers were minus 118, only 16 cents of difference to where the Pens found themselves as a minus 102 underdog, but still an outright victory at home for the Penguins now to take a 3-1 series lead in stark command of this series by the odds as well. Minus 650. Now the price on the Pittsburgh Penguins to win this series outright in the opening round against the New York Rangers. Pittsburgh was just minus 184 entering game four yesterday as a series favorite. Now minus 650, nearly $5 of movement in their favor on that series outright price. But it's the Rangers who open as a short favorite, minus 130 or so right now for game number five between these two teams. Tomorrow night back here, not far away from us in Midtown Manhattan at the Mecca. MSG inside the garden, the New York Rangers a favorite in game number five. And we have game fives across the board. Four of them tonight in the NHL playoffs. In all four of the series that we have on the docket tonight, tied at two games apiece. It is a fascinating Stanley Cup playoff so far throughout the NHL. Four game fives tonight, all series tied at two games all. Let's have some fun with some playoff hockey. But the NFL offseason never stops. So Megan Payton joins the show to break it all down up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. The National Football League truly is a 365 business. So we continue to look at the offseason action around the NFL right here, right now, on this Tuesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159. All across the SportsGrid network as well, I am Ben Stevens. Joining us for this segment, breaking down the NFL action, it is Megan Payton. MP back here on a Tuesday morning. Megan, we have the schedule release coming up in just a couple of days for the NFL. Sure, we know opponents and where they're playing the games, but we get the order and the times and the exact dates. And we're getting some trickling out of that information as well. Of course, we see big moves from a free agency perspective pretty much each and every day in the National Football League. So always something to talk about when it comes to the NFL. 
Always been. Thank you for having me on. I, you know, I think the schedule release is always a fun time and people always try to predict and say, oh, here's a leak when in reality, um, you know, I've heard teams don't even get the schedule until Thursday. So any leaks we're seeing, you know, they're probably just people making guesses, but they did give us a little bit of taste of what Christmas is going to look like for football mm. fans with Christmas landing on a Sunday this year. So you know, it's a day with your family, but it's going to be a day of nonstop football. So I'm excited and I'm excited for uh, us to find out what these big matchup games, these primetime games are going to be. A day normally dominated by the NBA on Christmas Day action. The NFL yeah. now taking that over as well. One of the games we know announced between the Rams and the Broncos on Christmas Day. That came out earlier this morning. An interesting move, though, Megan, yesterday as we focus on the NFC by the New York Giants, letting go of their best cornerback in James Bradbury. New general manager Joe Shane saying he was looking for a trade partner to send James Bradbury somewhere because the contract was just too big and eating up too much of a cap hole for the New York Giants. So they just let him walk yesterday, saving nearly $10 million in that cap budget, but an interesting move to let go of your best cornerback where now you look rather thin in the secondary. Rather thin in a team in an area that really needs improvement, Ben. Also, I think it should be noted that this is this is kind of a worse, worse situation for the Giants, meaning that, yes, they're saving 10 million in cap space, but they're also losing 10 million in dead money here. So it's not really ideal for the Giants. Of course, you just said they're thin now at corner. Their really only option is Dory Jackson, their real veteran option, who's also very injury prone. Now, they did select a corner in the third round, uh, Cordell Flirt from LSU. So if we think that he's going to be a starter, maybe so, third rounder going up in a team that really needs to start improving this this to me was a hard decision for the Giants I was kind of surprised that they weren't able to trade him away but being that uh Bradbury was on his final year of that contract sometimes teams don't really want to take on that kind of contract and the Giants did add to their defense with one of their two first round picks in that top 10 of the 2022 NFL draft just a few weeks ago with Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher, but there was a thought that New York would add to their secondary early on there as well. By the way, Thibodeau is going to wear number five, which is the number he wore at Oregon as an edge rusher. I think that is very cool in his rookie season. But as you can see here, MP, from the odds, there's not exactly the highest expectations for the New York Giants entering the 2022 NFL campaign. A team win total of seven and a half with the under <laughs> having the heavy juice. Plus 184 to make the playoffs, plus 650 in the NFC East. The longest odds in that division of all four teams. What do you think we can expect from the New York football Giants in 2022? Hey, I'm excited for Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm excited for Evan Neal. They're going to get paid, and they might help out the Giants a little bit, but are the Giants going to be an above 500 team this year? I just don't see it. You know, I think they obviously lost a couple guys this offseason. Doesn't help losing James Bradbury, and I think they still have a couple more years in the making, not to mention this NFC East is getting a bit better. We'll talk about that 
and a little just where we see these other, you know, their division opponents standing up. But I, I kind of think the Giants are going to struggle again. They had only four wins in 2021. Maybe they sneak by with six, maybe five, seven at most. I don't see playoffs happening in 2022 for the Giants. Seven wins at best is my prediction for the New York Giants in 2022. And New York declining the fifth-year option of that rookie contract yeah. for their quarterback in Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. Might there be a new signal caller in New York next year if things don't work out for Daniel Jones and the Giants this year? But, Megan, I'm glad you brought up the NFC East because there's some conversation now around this division based on what happened during draft weekend in Las Vegas. Of course, Philly making a huge splash in that opening round on a Thursday night, acquiring A.J. Brown, the wide receiver, formerly with the Tennessee Titans. It was one of the divisions, Megan, we saw odds movement based on the results of the 2022 mm -hmm. NFL draft. The Cowboys were in minus money, so the favorites, but at plus 105 right now. The Eagles have the second best odds at plus 250 the commanders plus 450 and as we detailed the giants longest odds at plus 650 but mp i ask you based on the cowboys and the eagles there's some conversation around who is the actual best team in the nfc east so megan who do you think is the best team in the nfc east entering 2022 i'll say this ben plus 250 eagles winning the nfc east might be my favorite off-season bet available right now on FanDuel Sportsbook because the Cowboys, of course, they're always going to be up there and people are always going to hype up the Cowboys. But can we talk about the losses that the Dallas Cowboys had this off-season? Wide receiver uh, Cedric Wilson, defensive end Randy Gregory, wide receiver Amari Cooper, offensive guard Connor Williams. This is going to be a different Cowboys team than we're seeing now. We need to see a little bit of a different team, but I don't think a lot in their favor. So I'm going to take the Eagles here. A.J. Brown, one of the best players in the league, in my opinion. I think this is going to help Philly develop in a way that they need to. I'm taking the Eagles at plus 250 to win the NFC East. Megan Payton saying fly, Eagles fly. Certainly fly. the off off offensive weapons, I should say. Offensive was tough for me to say right there. But <laughs> offensive weapons now available for Jalen Hurts, hoping to take that step when you have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders in the backfield as well. The Eagles, the second best price right now in the NFC East. Speaking of second, Megan, last year, we saw the Cincinnati Bengals win the AFC, represent that conference in the Super Bowl with a second-year quarterback in Joe Burrow, who took a huge step. Since he, in 2020, just a four-win team, booked with a team win total at six and a half for year number two under Joe Burrow. So let's have some fun here. Might there be a second-year leap for some of the second-year quarterbacks now in the AFC? Zach Wilson for the New York Jets, their team win total five and a half. Trevor Lawrence, the former number one overall pick for the Jaguars, their team win total six and a half. Or maybe Mac Jones, a playoff team last year in New England, a team win total at eight and a half. Who do you think has the best outlook, Megan, for next year in the NFL? It's hard to bet against the Patriots, and it's hard to bet on the Jaguars. I'll just say that. The Jets, you could go either way here, but I don't feel confident enough in Jacksonville to bet on them. Granted, yes, did they make some great offseason moves? Absolutely, but I'm going to hold back on them. Where we talked about, I think, on a segment a couple weeks ago, just about Mac Jones and the way that I think that he's really going to develop 
over this next year. I mean, it's an amazing organization. We've been questioning offensive guard Cole Strange being the Patriots' first-round draft pick, but more protection for him. Maybe Bill Belichick seeing something that we don't see. So I like the Patriots having a good second-year leap. Mac Jones is going to do well this year, in my opinion. And we're not saying any of these quarterbacks or any of their teams will reach a Super Bowl in year number right. two, but just some of the speculation we can have fun with here in the NFL offseason. Megan Payton, a contributor all across SportsGrid, thank you for joining us here on the morning after on this Tuesday. Thank you so much, Ben. Always football to talk about. Always fun coming on. I appreciate you having me. Always football. More TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Plenty to get here on a Tuesday on the morning after live right here on SportsGrid and Sirius XM channel 159. The home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens. Another doubleheader on this Tuesday night in the NBA playoffs. Two game fives as we flip it back to a home court advantage we have seen so far in a series. The Heat, a three and a half point favorite against the Sixers. The Suns, a six point favorite against the Dallas Mavericks tonight. To help us break it all down here in the postseason, one of the sharpest in the industry, Bill Krakenberger joins us once more here on a Tuesday on the morning after. Crack, thanks so much for taking a little time to give us some of your expertise here on this Tuesday TMA. Hey, Ben, yeah, a little bit earlier. I got You guys got me out of bed at 7 o'clock, but I'm good now. Uh, yeah, what's going on? Uh, well, uh, first I want to address something. Um, Please. I'm, I'm going to do it on all my uh, appearances this week across many different networks. I said it last week, the irresponsibility. It's, it's Well, it's being irresponsible what I have seen across many platforms, people giving out horse racing tips. And mm. it just bothered me with the Kentucky Derby, the way this all went down. So many different people giving out their horse racing bets. Listen, I know it's a fun thing. It's a bucket list thing for many to go to the Derby. But um, look what happened here. Uh, sports books, I'll give you an example, like the Circus Sportsbook here in Las Vegas. So they took bets, uh, future bets on to win, on just like many of the sports books did. Um, to win bets on, on a futures pool. And, you know, it's been up for like a month. And then all of a sudden, this uh, Rich Strike 21 entry comes in Friday night under the cover of darkness, gets entered um, like when Art Modell moved the Browns out of Cleveland. No one knew anything. It just happened the next day. So yep. this, was, uh, this was really surprising to many people. No one even knew about this. There's many sports books that literally had no winners, zero. I was actually in San Diego, and I was in a casino with about 800 people, and literally at the finish line, when it was all over, everyone was standing around with their mouths open saying, who won? Who was that? I mean, these sports books literally cleaned up on this race that had future betting. Now, 
I, I understand it's paramutual, so it goes right into the odds of the track with the most people in the country. But there are many people that bet into the futures pool, like myself, by the way. Uh, I bet a couple little peanut bets, nothing big. But that that's the big thing here, peanut bets. Compared to you know regular sports, you have to remember, horse racing is a, a game that takes out 20% or more on all the different bets. As a matter of fact, if you get into the gimmicks, the exotics, exotic, uh, exacta, trifecta, you're talking yeah. uh, superfecta, pick six, you're talking a 30% hold compared to a sports bet, which is typically a 4.5% hold on a straight bet. I just wanted to address that. People out there, just make sure you guys know horse racing is impossible to beat. So please stay away from it. It's broken many a good man. It's broken up many uh, families. Uh, there's so many horse racing guys. Just go to any um, OTB or, uh, or any racetrack and just take a look around and look at the victims. So look what's happened to, to the horse racing people. If it wasn't for the, the casinos that are in the racetracks across the country, many tracks would be going under. So they're supplementing uh, horse racing now. So I wanted to address that first and um, maybe get into a little NBA. I know everyone's happy. They love NBA and they love playoff time. Listen, I actually even watch hockey playoffs. I think it's the best time of the year to watch hockey. Yeah. Uh, I actually enjoy it. I really do. Uh, I went to a game a couple of years ago for the first time ever. Never was into hockey, 50 years. Went to go see the Las Vegas Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup here, and I became a hockey fan. I really enjoy uh, going to the games, and especially now, playoff time. There's nothing better than playoff hockey. But going back to NBA, which I know is the most popular thing everyone loves to do, it is so tough to beat NBA yeah. sides, Ben. And again, people love giving out NBA sides. I don't. I don't give out any sides. I don't know anyone that can beat it. I, I've been around the sharpest sports betting syndicates for the last 28 years, 29 years. I really don't know anyone that can beat NBA sides. Totals, proposition bets, definitely. Over under players, um, you know, the points they scored, rebounds, points, assists. Certain things like that, um, or maybe even, I don't know if I even want to give this out to people because I don't want them to start betting live. There could be some aspects of live wagering where you may catch an edge based on game flow. It's more of a little analytical thing. Um, stats, game flow, injuries, uh, not injuries, um, fouls. There's some sports better I know that wins betting live NBA. So uh, I know that could be beat. Um, even though the juice is double. But NBA side, just picking a pure side, oh, God. Mm. I, now, I didn't watch the game last night. Someone tweeted out to me. Ben, you're going to help me with this maybe. So yeah. was this last night that um, in, in a game, the with a Golden State game, was that last night, last second shot, or maybe the night before, um, the last second shot determined the, the spread winner where it landed on three? I think it was last night. Um, and, you know, you're laying five and a half. I see this guy that tweeted me. He laid five and a half, and they're up by six, and no time on the clock. Make a, almost a half-court shot there to land on three. I mean, there's a luck factor in all sports, I understand. Mm -hmm. And God also blesses the bookmaker. It's amazing how God somehow is with the bookmaker at all times uh, in the end. But the randomness of NBA, and I, as I've said on your show before, NFL sides, it's just too hard to overcome. I, I don't know anyone that beats it, so I stay away from the NBA sides. 
Yeah, Crack, you mention that all the time, especially as we get to the postseason when those lines become even sharper for a point spread for the game, a game total overall, or even when you look at some of the props right now, Crack, they are becoming sharper as we go further and further into this postseason. So where do you try to focus when you place an NBA playoff bet? Oh, 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 but I'll tell you, even though it's later in the season, um, it, props are definitely still beatable. Um, and, and, you know, these places, I, like certain times of the year, like right now, I wish I was probably back east because I get better selection with the Fandle, Fandles of the world because they offer more proposition bets. So I can I know in Atlantic City when I'm there, I go right into the valleys. And, uh, I, I almost want to say they'll take – couple thousand bucks for me but it doesn't matter it, it, the average better is like a hundred bucks so like, like i said you could bet props there's many different ways to bet the nba games with the the sites back east and um i'm still looking to bet nba prop over unders on the players or uh points rebounds and assist and uh i really don't go with like team totals or anything like that but um i just don't think that the sports books can get every single player right that are the ones that are offering all these different players you know we'll, we may get a sports book here that'll offer one or two players but you know you'll get the sports books back east the sports books that are new into the or i say back east i can go right to the border here ben literally go right past the hoover dam i didn't even realize this not thinking arizona is 45 minutes away from where i live yeah. and i can actually access the apps so it's, it, if there is something strong enough, I've done that now four or five times. And for anyone that may be listening uh, in Las Vegas, I know uh, for the for the NFL draft, people that flew out here and were expecting to bet the draft, they took the draft down. Nevada law with gaming was 24 hours before uh, the actual draft. They took the lines down. So I know people were, were wondering, what am I going to do? Well, uh, you could drive over past Boulder Dam. Uh, you, know, you know, right outside of Vegas, and you know, you could. There's a couple spots. 15 minutes out, there's a spot with Wi-Fi, and you can get on your, uh, you know, your, your FanDuel app. You know, so uh, <clears throat> that's something I recommend people to do. Also, crack. Only a couple of minutes left here, but I know as we flip our attention to Major League Baseball, a big focus for you on the first five inning bets that you can make across an MLB daily slate. When you look at a game like today, Houston going with Justin Verlander, who was off to a fantastic start in this young Major League Baseball season. Why the focus on the first five? Is it a good pitching matchup that catches your eye? You know, uh, as the season com comes along here, we're a month in, I'll focus a little bit more on those first fives, knowing how the pitchers did uh, in the beginning of the year with, you know, three, four, five starts. And But the, the, the guys like the Verlanders, the Coles, the big names, even if they're not doing so well uh, – the public loves to bet those type of teams. So um, I look to actually, if anything, I'm not going to pay that, as I called it before in the past, mm. I'm not going to pay that penalty, that tax, betting on a guy like Verlander. You're going to lay so much more. Um, and sometimes even, like, you, you'll have to lay a half a run on these guys. I, I, my, my focus is actually looking for the spots, maybe not per se uh, against those particular guys, but – I am definitely not looking to, to lay any kind of – first of all, I don't like laying juice anyway. Uh, I'd rather take juice, but over the years I've evolved. I've evolved and I realize you could lay 
uh, juice. And when you're betting a first five, normally it's a it's more of a wider market um, for for the money. So I will lay up to like 150. I hate doing it, but uh, I'm not looking to. You're not going to be able to lay 150 on some of these big name pitchers, and uh, you know, like I said, you're going to pay that tax. So I, I look I look to other spots and other situations. There is certainly a favored price for the best teams with the best arms on the bump. Bill Krakenberger, one of the best in the industry. Breaking it down here for more knowledge, make sure to head to the Crack Wins app as well. Crack, as always, thank you very much for your time and your expertise. Thanks, Ben. Have a great week. Same to you. More of the morning after up next, a preview of game number five in Miami tonight. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com another night in the nba postseason two more games to break down here on the morning after on sports grid and sirius xm channel 159 i am ben stevens now very pleased to welcome on a man with a great name it is ben barry the host of the sixers talk podcast for nbc sports philadelphia joining us here to preview game number five tonight back in south beach between the heat and the Sixers, a series even at two games apiece. Ben, thank you so much for joining us here on the morning after. Thank you for having me. I feel like I made it. I think you have, and we are very glad to have your expertise in a preview and a breakdown ahead for game five between Miami and Philly tonight. But first, we look back at game number four on Sunday night in Philadelphia. The Sixers, even in this series, where they won 16-108 victory, winning both games on their own home floor. Ben, what stood out to you most about the performance from Philly on their home floor on Sunday night? The first thing that stood out to me was James Harden. It was his first time scoring 30 points as a sixer. He still hasn't taken 20 shots in a game, but 30 points as a sixer, that's big. I think the days, and I think most people would agree, days of James Harden, of what we saw in Houston are long gone. He's in the, mm. that second or third phase of his career. So him pounding the ball at the top of the key isn't working for him or the Sixers. I think what's best is him four dribbles to make a move. That's something I've been saying Tobias needs to do since he's gotten Philly. Pounding the ball into the ground and thinking, oh, am I going to shoot a crate for myself or dish it out? That's that's long gone. James Harden, four dribbles, make a move, either drive to the rim, pull up, or pass it, kick it out to someone else. The second thing is just – in. It's the last two games, Joel and B coming back and just his presence overall. Yeah. Again, he's arguably the best player in the league up there for him, Jokic, and Giannis, MVP. Could have picked any one of them. I didn't expect him to make this much of an impact when he has the concussion. He's playing with a mask. He has the thumb injury. And it looked like the Heat just had nothing for him. They couldn't slow him down. He did whatever he wanted down there. And it's shocking because how much Bam has grown since his since his rookie year to now. Bam scored, I think, 15 points in the first quarter, and after that kind of disappeared. And it was things Jimmy Butler did to Embiid when Embiid was guarding him. And you would think Bam Adebayo is younger, stronger, a little faster. He should be doing that to Embiid, and he didn't. He just shrunk. So those are the things that stuck out to me from the last game, definitely the last two. 
Sixers fans have to love the effort they have seen out of Joel Embiid. 38 minutes, 24 points in game number four, 36 minutes in his return to this series in game number three. 31 points for James Harden in game number four, as Ben just laid out right there, his playoff high so far throughout this postseason. Ben, how do you see James Harden's role now in this Philly offense? Does he have to be a scorer, or what exactly does he need to function like for Philadelphia to have success? That has been the talk of the city for the last couple of weeks. Um, a lot of people were very disappointed. At, he started off to a hot start when he first got here. Then after those first five, six games, it just it it kind of confirmed some of those reports that came out of Brooklyn that Kyrie was saying he was washed. I think for James Harden and the Sixers to be successful, what they need from James Harden, I think they need 25 points a night, especially as they go on. They have a great defense when they see Boston or Milwaukee, teams with great wing defenders, great defense. That's if they pass the heat. So James Harden getting 25 point, at least 25 points and getting others involved. He can't just pound the ball at the top of the key like he did in Houston in his short time in Brooklyn. And not only that, and people want him to take more shots. Well, when he's going 5 of 15, just taking more shots doesn't mean that's going to work. That can quickly right. turn into 9 of 27. And that's not helping anybody. You want more shots, but you want them to be efficient. And since it doesn't look like he can beat players off the dribble as much anymore, I think it's something the Sixers need to figure out this offseason with his next contract. It's alarming when he can't blow by P.J. Tucker. And that's not saying P.J. Tucker is a slouch. Two years ago, P.J. Tucker wasn't going to slow down James Hart, and that's happening now. No. So if he could just get 25 points a night, get others involved, low turnovers, and just efficient, I think that's a key for the Sixers. So this Eastern Conference semifinal series now tied at two games apiece. We head back to Miami tonight for game number five. Ben, so far throughout this series, we have seen the home team booked as a favorite in all four games and the home team win in cover in all four games so far in this series. The Miami Heat now a three and a half point home favorite tonight against Philadelphia. What's your approach for game number five tonight in South Beach? The approach I think the Sixers should keep from game four. They have to have that swarm in defense where Tyler Harrow just looked bad out there. He didn't look like the sixth mm -hmm. man of the year. Um, Jimmy Butler, he put up big numbers, but Jimmy Butler would tell you if he's leading the team and scoring uh, that much, it's probably not going to be key, uh, f uh, successful for them to win. So a swarming defense, get Embiid off to a good start, and – Tobias Harris to chip in. If the Sixers can get – a lot of people are down on Tobias. I'm one of them. If he can get 18 points, you get 20-plus from Harden, then somewhere around 20 from Tyrese Maxey, I think that's the key, key to success for the Sixers because they don't have a deep bench like Miami. So I think doing that offensively will help them a lot. Defensively, slowing down Tyler Hero, getting those guys in foul trouble. I don't think that Kyle Lowry is giving much – help to the Heat Heat's offense. He looks like he's running out there with no legs whatsoever. I think that mm. is key for the Sixers. It will be interesting, though, to see what Spol Eric Spolstra does for the Heat and what adjustments, because I think he's one of the best coaches in the game, and I don't expect them to come out there with the same game plan. So maybe they right. run some more motion in their offense. Maybe they try to get guys started early. But the Sixers score, continue that swarm in defense. 
Ben Barry joining us here on a Tuesday on the morning after helping us preview game number five tonight between the Heat and the Sixers. He is the host of the Sixers Talk podcast and works with NBC Sports Philadelphia as well. So, Ben, we talked about this series overall being tied now at two games apiece. After game number two, it seemed like this was going to be a short series. The expectation was Miami had this in its firm control. What do you make of the outlook now for the rest of this series in the final three games potentially we will see between Miami and Philadelphia? It's interesting. After game two, I remember I was in the gym the following day, and someone asked me, like, are the Sixers going to come back? I didn't think Embiid was playing in game three. I thought it was a wrap. I was out to eat, uh, picking up food before game three on Friday, and that's when the news broke that Embiid's going to warm up and they'll see. The momentum has completely shifted, and I think pressure is on Miami to, to wrap the series up quick. I don't Love the Sixers' chances to win in seven. I think it be better for them to win in six. But I, I feel like the Heat can't feel like it's better chances for them to go long either because the adjustments the Sixers have made. So everyone in Philly feels great. They have – a lot of people feel like Embiid was robbed for MVP, but they feel great. They feel like they have their MVP back. They're the better team with Embiid. And I think let's say most of Philadelphia feels – they can win games five and six and go to the Eastern Conference Finals easily. The Heat were a seven and a half point favorite for both games one and two on their own home floor without Joel Embiid in the lineup for the Sixers. Now a three and a half point home favorite tonight. A clear distinction that would be the Joel Embiid effect. His points prop tonight, Ben, is at 25 and a half. James Harden's points prop is at 20 and a half. Who do you expect to have a big night for Philadelphia in game five? It's safe, but I'm going Joel Embiid. Bam Adebayo is a great defender, but he is not big enough. It's a clear size difference between those two. So I think it's more likely for Embiid to have the bigger night. Yes, James Harden scored 31 in game four, but that also is the outlier for his time here in Philly. Embiid, that's the sure money. That's the easy money. You can go with James Harden, but I would definitely go with Joel Embiid to have a big monster game. Because outside of Bam out of bio, there's not a, a soul on the heat that can guard Joel Embiid. Alonzo Mourning isn't coming coming through a time machine from the what the late 90s, early 2000s. That's not happened. You're not going to get the old version of Shaq. So Embiid's the clear, easy money on that. Joel Embiid under this number in both games so far in this series against Miami, but averaging 37 points per game. So he is out there, certainly able to score. Also 11 rebounds in both games three and game number four. James Harden, the 31, the only time he has gone over 20 and a half in game number four so far in this series. So this is going to be competitive. As we saw, seven games going the distance. The most likely outcome right now, Ben, on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But Philly still booked as a series underdog against Miami and have the longest odds to win the Eastern Conference title. Let's say Philadelphia gets out of this series against Miami. Do you think they can represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Championship Series? I thoroughly believe any of the four teams can. Anyone in Philadelphia will tell you if you don't pick the Sixers because you hate Philadelphia. I wouldn't go that, so, that far. The Sixers, I think, out of the, the four teams remaining, I think they have the best player, the best 
superstar, the best player. You can make an argument for Giannis, but I think Embiid had the better year, and I think the goal for the Sixers is just ride that until the wheels fall off. The Celtics and the Bucks are both very good teams, so I wouldn't be surprised. And maybe maybe this is homerism, but I got to ride with the Sixers. Uh, grew up in Philly, cover, work covering the team. I think if Embiid is healthy, no more injuries, which is always just a question mark because it can happen, and Harden continues to play like he did in game four, I would go with the Sixers to make it out of the Eastern Conference. I will say, though, and I know Doc Rivers isn't going to like this, that Doc Rivers might be the weakest coach out of all the coaches left. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people would argue with that sentiment, especially in the NBA playoffs. The plus 550 price you saw there on Philly, yes, the longest of the four, but it was greater than plus 2,000 just a couple of days ago before the return of Joel Embiid. Speaking of that MVP conversation, Ben, only about a minute left in this segment. How was Philadelphia sports media after that news was broken yesterday morning? They were upset. They were angry. I haven't seen people that angry since... Whoa, I don't know. The last episode of MASH? I don't know, and I wasn't even alive for that. <laughs> they were really upset. I thought it wasn't up for debate to me. I mean, Jokic had one of the greatest seasons in history. His He had a all-time top five PER. Embiid did win the scoring title. Jokic finished top ten in points, assists, rebounds, and steals. I'm not sure that's ever happened. And he just played out there with a bunch of guys that had no business being on the NBA court since – Jamal Murray didn't play all season. Michael Porter Jr., I think he played nine games in the beginning of the season. That was it. Yeah, Ben. Uh, yeah, Joel dealt with the Ben Simmons drama. But, mm. I mean, he was up there. And so if someone voted for him or Giannis, I understand it. But Jokic was the best player in the league, hands down. Nikola Jokic, a second straight. NBA MVP Ben Barry the host of Sixers talk podcast working for NBC Sports Philadelphia as well helping us preview and break down game number five tonight between the Heat and the Sixers in a series tied at two games all Ben thank you so much for your time here on this Tuesday hey thanks for having me of course it was our pleasure and we focus on the NBA postseason for our best bet to round out the show on the other side of the break here on the morning after on sports stay with us SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out our two hours together here on this Tuesday on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159 in just a couple of moments. Sirius XM Channel 159 is the home for Sports Grid Radio, so thank you for joining us there or watching all across the Sports Grid Network on this Tuesday TMA as well. It has been a tangy Tuesday. In fact, I am Ben Stevens. We go back to the NBA postseason board. As you heard from Bill Krakenberger earlier on in this second hour, if you're looking for an edge, 
player props in the NBA playoffs is the way to go. Hard to beat a side, hard to beat a total at this point in the NBA postseason. I'm intrigued by the over of a 213 for a total between the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks tonight, as you can correlate who covers that six-point spread and maybe a total as well. Also keep an eye, a small caveat here, on Victor Oladipo's points prop, not posted yet on the FanDuel Sportsbook, but he has played 29 or more minutes in half of his six postseason appearances for Miami so far in the playoffs. He has scored at least 15 points, averaging 19 points per game in those three when he has played at least 29 minutes. But here's the best bet. So before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it's time for our NBA playoff best bet. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. So all of those other little sprinkles should probably show you I'm not all that confident in this best bet, but I do like my three-point props. And I like Dorian Finney-Smith to go over two and a half made three-pointers tonight for Dallas against Phoenix. Of course, eight for 12 in game number four was Finney-Smith from deep. Also over this number with four made three-pointers in game three. Under in the two games in Phoenix against the Suns, but over in four of the six for the Mavericks in that opening round series against the Utah Jazz. I think he goes over tonight, even on the road in the Valley. Over two and a half made three-pointers for Dorian Finney-Smith. The morning after, each and every weekday, live right here at 9 a.m. Eastern time on SportsGrid. I'm Ben Stevens, and we'll talk tomorrow. Enjoy the night all across the sports landscape.